Yo, yo, what is up, my people? B-Things, back to y'all, post-Thursday night football for another ops, awesome episode, uh, post-game W. All right, that's all that we're going to be talking about today, the post-game, um, going over a lot of the X's and O's from what I saw of the game, the amazing things, some of the unfortunate things, um, but most importantly, celebrating a fucking W, man. Like, what... Last night was a legendary night, y'all. Like, we set a record of fans inside of the stadium at, um, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think I saw like 67,260 fans. Um, that's absolutely loaded, packed to the gills, probably not a single seat available. Um, it was incredible. So, it was huge to be able to, um, present the most quality product that we've seen from this team this year under the lights in prime time wearing these absolutely legendary uniforms and celebrating legendary events. What's better than that, man? Like, I mean, these unis, man, like, I ain't got to tell you guys. Dude, they are just so insane fire. Like, they did not disappoint at all. They even exceeded expectations from the high, high ones that we already had for them. It was just incredible. They were fucking insane. The stadium was insane. Just like I told you guys, for anybody who was worrying that listens to this podcast, that uh, Monday or Tuesday when um, I posted the pictures about them painting the field, that was just the first coat of the logos. And people were like, oh, no, is it going to be gray? Of course. They ended up painting over it again, and it was a beautiful, gorgeous white. Oh, just everybody wants it more. But you can't have it that way. You know, the orange isn't going away. You know, we got an orange alternate jersey too, y'all. Like, we can't forget about that. That jersey's fucking insane. But... It was a legendary night for sure, celebrating legends, just legend on legend. I'm using that word so fucking much because it was exactly that last night. Legends, Isaac Bruce and Willie Anderson, both Hall of Fame caliber players, uh, being inducted into the Ring of Honor. The second year of the Ring of Honor, it was incredible. They got to have their time to shine. Willie was a um, one of the greatest right tackles, or not greatest, unfortunately, one of the best right tackles this league has ever seen um the best of his generation arguably um in the late 90s or mid 90s through the 2000s he was the elite guy of that group for years um Isaac Curtis was absolutely incredible he was a Tyreek Hill type player Jamar Chase type player before Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill even existed in the 70s and 80s um Isaac Bruce created the five-yard push-off rule or five-yard contact rule. They call it the Curtis rule, which is um, Curtis was so fucking lethal when he would run his routes back in his day. DBs would literally tackle him because it wasn't a rule back then for avoidance of contact for a defensive back going up against a receiver. It wasn't a rule. So DBs were so afraid of getting beat, they would straight up tackle him coming off the ball. So they had to make the rule. Obviously, can't fucking tackle like a bitch, and you're not allowed to touch a receiver after five yards. So because of Isaac Curtis's elite play 
and his elite ability, he changed the rules of how receivers play and how DBs play receivers forever, still today. So absolutely incredible for those two to have their moment um, and to be inducted and have their names forever enshrined on um, you know, Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium, call whatever the fuck you want, home. That's what it is, it's home. So congrats to Willie and Isaac. Another um, moment, which means a lot to me, you know, no matter how much you're opposing the other side, no matter what animosity you have towards your opposition, prayers up to Tua, man. I'm so relieved, so glad to hear that he's okay. It, it broke my heart last night, guys. I I ain't even gonna lie. I I got I got emotional last night. I did. I got pretty emotional actually. It really tore me up because. Not only was it heartbreaking to see, but it just really tore up my heartstrings just thinking of, um, of you know, I just had an empathetic moment. Like, I understand that scary moment. You know, like when Joe went down, and I will say this right off top, this was more severe than Joe's injury. I don't care how much your knee gets destroyed. We're talking about head and neck injuries. We all know it's completely unparalleled. Not the same. But the same sink in your stomach, the scary feeling. And I had a moment, God forbid, and blessed it hasn't happened. Pray it never does. But I was like, what did that happen to Joe? That's what really tore me up, you know. So prayers up. It's terrible with how it happened. Of course, there's a lot of fucking shit, you know, that's going on. You know, with how they treated Tua coming off the Sunday win against Buffalo. And was it a back and an ankle or was it really his head? We don't know. We don't know exactly what he was suffering through and what this injury that he took that didn't seem absolutely insane. If that was just the double whammy of his brain recovering from the head injury or from the injury it sustained just 96 hours before. You know, so... Nonetheless, prayers up to him. So relieved to hear that he was able to fly home with the team last night. Kind of ironic, but we're not the doctors. Very few are. So certainly respect that boundary. Um, flying home. I heard he's in. He's at his house now. So he's not sitting in the hospital in Miami. Um, and he's in good spirits. Uh, he had obviously all movement in his extremities. Um, and he's doing well. So that's great. Great, great to hear. But that seems like it was a severe concussion. He got rocked. So prayers up to Tua, man. It's beyond the game. It's human to human. So we'll we'll go through some of the awesome things that we saw from the game yesterday off top. I mean, this defense is one of, if not, like, like, just eye test, this is the best defense in football. The best defense in the fucking league. Lou Anarumo's defense is just absolutely incredible. I mean, your safety play was just phenomenal last night. Jesse making plays, getting in a couple passes for some PBUs. Vaughn having two interceptions. Oh my gosh, man. Ah. 
what was great is I made a post y'all probably saw last night because I think that interception was in the first quarter, the first one, the one-handed one. The last time Tyreek Hill went for a deep ball against the Bengals resulted in a Von Bell interception. The first deep ball he went for facing the Bengals again resulted in a Von Bell interception. What are the odds? I mean, just all the credit in the world to Von Bell, guys. I mean, he's incredible. He is just incredible, man. He's incredible. He's got such a knack for where the ball's at. He's done such a wonderful job with taking even more of a leadership role. With the time that Jesse was out this year, he really found empowerment from that and created the most from it and just formed even stronger leadership from who he already was. Makes him more confident in his game to end up pulling shit off and producing at a high level like he did last night. It's fucking epic. Um, Eli, oh my gosh. Good game from Eli. Good. Not insane, not elite, but really good game. That was a fucking pick. Now listen, I do understand maybe the ball wasn't perfectly secure, but I think within the millisecond, I mean, it's like within a tenth of a fucking time frame where he secures that football and the foot is still sliding. That should have been a pick, but they did not count it. The refs have had... It's sad, you know, as a billion dollar, billions of dollars industry, you'd assume that they have the most high-tech... Um ineffective ways to officiate a game to have the highest percentage of calling the correct call for how often they're off it's uh pretty disappointing um especially for some big plays like that and for me i would have broke fucking twitter i would have broke instagram i would have broke everything y'all know eli's my fucking guy hey i love it though listen i appreciate you guys so much and i'm so passionate on this page because Beyond my friends and family, guys, Bengals football is my life. It's everything of me. Beyond, okay, God, God too. God is my family. But I guess I'll call it individually God, family, friends, Bengals, everything to me. So I'm as passionate as it gets on this page. And that goes hand in hand with Eli. You know, I'm so passionate about fucking Eli's play, man. I write for the dude so hard. I love the guy. I know he's not actually elite, guys. Like, he's not actually the best. You know, like, people are like, oh, you know, like, if he was talking so much shit, why didn't he line up one-on-one against Tyreek? No one's going to line up one-on-one against Tyreek. Are you fucking stupid? That's like Xavier Howard talking shit to Jamar Chase. Like, oh, you know, Xavier Howard's going to lock up Jamar Chase. Really? Because he's not going to be one-on-one with him. If he is, what's going to happen? Exactly what the fuck happened yesterday. You get toasted. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all because all the Eli hype I give doesn't mean it's a direct correlation to how great he actually is. He's not great. But he's good. He's damn good. Last night showed that. Up against Tyreek Hill, um, there were two targets, one reception for seven yards and one PBU. Indirect PBU. Some consider it, and I think the only reason they don't consider it is because he didn't get his hand on the ball. But goddamn, he was probably fucking one inch away from getting his hand on the ball. He affected the play. You look at her, you you know you look at the replay uh, from some all twenty two, and you could tell that he impacted that play. 
he had a great game. Really good game. Um, same with the whole secondary. Cheeto had a good game, but he had his fucking hands full, guys. Like, you're going to get worked from talented receivers that run in the four twos. You're just going to get worked, bro. Like, if you're not talented, then it's a lot less likely you're going to get worked. But when you're that fucking fast and you're talented, like Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, yeah, you're going to get worked. I don't know Cheeto's exact stats, but he didn't have a great game. But he had a good one. Good game. Um. Oh, my gosh. These linebackers are just so fucking good, man. Like, I've been saying it. We all know it. It's the best group in the league. I think it's one of our strongest positions on this team. If not the strongest outside of receiver, it sounds fucking insane. But I think it is. It's top two. It may be one. Just because of how deep we are. Marcus Bailey making plays last night. ADG making boss-ass plays last night. Getting in fucking PBUs. Breaking passes up. Plural. He broke up more than one. Jermaine Pratt looked okay last night. He may have still been dealing with that um, knee injury. I don't know how much. Um, He didn't have a bad game. He just didn't have a great game. Um, Logan had a really good game as well. Made some huge plays. But they did get um, worked a bit over the middle. Gosh, it's so annoying. And, you know, it's, it's effective play calling. So kudos to the Dolphins. Gosh, they just run these fucking... They do such a good job with picking through the coverage and just having sit routes. They run and sit. That is Tyreek's route, as y'all know. He fucking runs across her like some lame-ass fucking, like, in route. A big old curl in it. It's not a strong breaking in. It's just a, it's a casual fucking steer his way into the middle of the field, find the pocket, boom. Make a play. Hey, like I said, kudos to him. That's a good-ass fucking play. But it was really annoying when you see whatever fucking Sheffield, whatever the hell his name is, number 14, he annoyed the fuck out of me. He kept catching these annoying-ass shallow fucking crossers. Gosh, just these sit routes, sit routes. Like some Travis Kelsey shit. So the linebackers got a little bit caught up in that. Shout-out to the safeties. They were always there to break on them quickly. No player cut it deep. No player took anything beyond the sit route. So beyond the linebackers, I mean, Trey Hendrickson had a damn good game. He had nine pressures. Look, the quarterbacks did a good job with escaping pressure so many times. You saw Trey so fucking close to getting the sack. But you had two mobile quarterbacks. You had a quarterback that wasn't afraid to move out of the pocket. And Trey, and, or uh, um, Teddy B, Teddy Boring, um, and Tua. They were very close a lot of times. Um, Taron Armstead got work, but also he held him a ton of fucking times. It was rather crazy uh, some of the times, I mean. But it is what it is. That's what happens when you're a premier pass rusher. You're going to get held, whatever the fuck it takes for you to not wreck a game. Because they saw it four nights before, four days before that. You will wreck a game. Josh Tupo holding his ground really well, obviously, rather infamously to a lot of people and how they see it. Had that sack on Tua, you know, that took him down out of the game. But beyond the injury, what an impressive play for Tupo. 
just a barrel down, destroy through the line, and he's just barreling down a lineman as two is backing up and starting to twirl in circles at the at, you know at our logo in the middle of the field. He's just barreling down on him, takes him back for like eight ten yards. It was a phenomenal play, phenomenal. So, um, our interior did fine. Like I said, that's what you needed. I think that's the best case scenario we're going to get with DJ out. Play fine. Hold your own for the most part. Hold your own. Don't be a fucking revolving door now. Don't be opening up holes for the running backs to absolutely gash you guys through. Hold your own. They did exactly that yesterday. You love to see it. Sam Hubbard the past two weeks has had a 25.4 pass rush win, win rate. According to PFF, no sacks, no sacks, but he is damn close to getting the fuck home. It's impressive. So yes, the defense has to finish. They have to fucking get sacks, man. We have to finish plays. Yes, the pressures are nice and they matter, but fucking finish them with more sacks, man. So good shit by the defense. Um, Hopping over to the offense. They played well. Well, they didn't really play. They played, no, they did play good. But hear me how I emphasize that. They played good. Not really good. Not damn good. Just good. Um, I think it was the best game of the season for them, though. Especially when it comes to consistency. The most important thing. That's what they had. I think they had 14 or 17 points at half. And then 10 points in the second. And that's the best that they put up all year. Um, awesome to see another first drive touchdown. You fucking love to see it. And when the Dolphins um, get the ball at the end of the half and coming out of half, you only let up three points. That is big. Big, because you lose leverage when you don't get that ball coming out of half. You do. So for you to execute on the first drive and to execute to only letting up three points on those double drives, that's a huge part of the game right there. Man, just going back to think about it. Sorry, y'all. This defense has really let up only four offensive touchdowns all year. Like, what? This is the NFL, bro. What are we talking about? This defense, holy shit. I mean, how fucking... Guys, that's not normal. Four touchdowns in four games? Gosh, it's insane, man. This defense is just so good. So good. But, hopping back over to the offense... Yeah, the best game of the season. Um, um, Joe played like Joe. But I, I will tell you this. Joe did not have his best game. It was odd. He was missing a few throws. There are four throws that I remember that he was off with, and that is not like Joe. This game reminded me a ton like the Super Bowl. Earlier in the game, he had some plays that were shaky, like pl- throws that Joe does not miss. 
That's what happened earlier in this game. He missed them throws that Joe does not fucking miss. He always makes that throw. He always makes that 10, 13 yard out route. That crosser to T. Higgins over the, or uh, Tyler Boyd over the middle for 15 to 20. He always makes those. But he didn't. He, he missed a couple yesterday. But then he turns it on and he gets out all of those kinks. No kinks. No problems. None. And he plays um, disciplined, controlled football. Control the football, be smart, and be disciplined. As in respect the fucking defense. It's exactly what he did. We said, fine. You want to overextend yourself and completely surrender to us that you will not let Jamar Chase beat you over the top? Fine. Line up T. Higgins one-on-one. A top 10 receiver. Go ahead. Yeah. The dude that had 100 yards last game and 100 yards this game. That's T. Higgins, man. That's T.T. He's insane. So, um, <clears throat> the O-line. Ah, the pass protection was beautiful, guys. I told you. We knew. The insecurity was just overbearing at the beginning of the season with how rusty things were and how many things were stacking on top of each other to make it feel like holy shit the demise is here but it wasn't and we knew this was going to come which was continuity was going to correlate to competency and consistency of quality work with this o-line consistency of quality work with this o-line and pass blocking i'll get to the run blocking here in a couple minutes but here's my opinion on how I think this offense has played so far this season and, and the concept I'm going to mention at the end of this. Week one, I'd say one out of 10, one being horrendous, 10 being absolute elite of the elite. I'd say the offense played a two in week, in week one, two. The standards are really high, remember, y'all, all right? So week one, I had about a two out of 10. Week two, three out of 10. Week six, or sorry, week three, six out of 10. Got confused with my numbers there. Week four, 6.5 to seven out of 10. So from my opinion, the offense has gotten gradually better. You see the big step from week two to week three. And you're, you played against a good defense in the Dolphins. It's a good defense, not an elite defense, but a good one. That's what you want to see, guys. You want to see this offense continue to take gradual steps or at least maintain for the most part. Because let me tell you something. A a 7 out of 10 Bengals offense for their standard, their standard, you know, if it's another team's standard, it's probably going to be higher. It will be higher because no offense is as talented as the Bengals in this league. You get this this offense staying even out of 7 out of 10. Even at a seven, you're winning 90% of your games with how good this defense is and how consistent this defense is. You're winning nine out of 10 games, maybe 80, eight out of 10. That's damn good. Just wait till this offense takes more steps. Wait till it establishes better production, continuity in the run game. And Joe Mixon gets better. 
Joe Mixon gets out of his slump. Just wait till that happens. So that's that's the most important concept. We're getting better each week. Just like I told you guys, the patience is the most important thing because it wasn't going to be a complete light switch thing of, holy shit, they've been terrible the first weeks too. Oh my gosh, the next week they're putting up 45 and this should be consistent and they're absolutely 10 out of 10. It's not working that way. You shouldn't have expected that if you did. This is what we should have expected. You take that big step, then it's incremental, consistent, slowly but surely, getting better, producing better, whatever. And you saw it last night, so good for them. Um, Man, Joe does not throw picks. That's his identity. Doesn't mean it never happens, because it obviously does, and it has. But you're going to get what you think you're worth when it comes to with your identity, what has happened these last three weeks? Joe came out of that Steelers game disgusted with himself because he says, I don't throw picks. What has he done the last three weeks? No picks. No game. Or three games, I should say. No fucking picks. How impressive is that? He has not had a turnover in three weeks. The last eight games of the season... Uh, he had one pick. Technically, he had two, but the one didn't count. You know, well, they did count it, but it it wasn't a pick against the Titans. So this is what you can expect from Joe. No, not every single week he won't throw a pick. He will. He will. It happens, but not as much as you thought in week one. Even two a game is a lot for a guy like Joe. So just gradually taking the steps forward, guys. Oh, man, T had a phenomenal game. As I touched on a few minutes ago, these defenses, as soon as the week starts, when they see they're facing the Bengals, they plant their white flag and say, we are completely selling out to not have Jamar Chase ruin our football game. We will do whatever it fucking takes for Jamar Chase to not ruin our fucking football game. Fine. Go ahead. Cloud Jamar. Double, triple cover him. Send those shadows his way. You want to leave TT one-on-one? A top 10 receiver? Really coming into his own? Good luck. That's why T went off last night. Again and again and again and again on Xavier Howard. A top 5 talent. The week before, you absolutely destroy a top 5 talent in Sauce Gardner. Yes, I think he's a top 5 talent at the cornerback position. Maybe not overall right now. Obviously, he's not right now, but that's what he is. T puts up 200 yards, 225 on guys like that. That's incredible. Fucking incredible. In the moment later in the game to where they pulled a coverage. First off, I think it was a cover zero. Fucking stupid. Um, And they were prioritizing T in coverage. What happened? Boom, Jamar. I will say this, y'all. That was a third stringer. That was trying to press Jamar off the ball. What a fucking dumbass. In a cover zero. Oh, my gosh. How stupid. Oh, I couldn't believe it, man. I could not believe it when I saw the replay. I was like, holy shit. Like, 
The sky is fucking blue, bro. Where was the ball gonna go? Like, duh. You wish Jamar would have scored on that play. He was damn fucking close. That corner ended up making a good... He had good makeup speed because he got toasted. Dude was like a fucking... Like a fucking paused PlayStation 5 game, bro. He like completely glitched for a quarter second after Jamar broke him. Like Jamar barely tried. He just fucking zoomed past his ass. That though. That is what happens when they sell... To not have Jamar ruin their game, T does. And then they go over to T because he's cutting them too bad. And then you have one-on-one against Jamar. Then he cuts you again. That's the cerebral nature of Joe as well. That he sees it every second. Oh, boom, they bit. They have to go to T now. Bam, Jamar. Bam, TB. So it's great stuff. Um... I'm going to wrap it up on this, guys. Some things to build heading into week five and moving forward. Um, It's really nice that you have 10 days to prepare for Baltimore. Guys, we have another Sunday night. We have another primetime game. Our next game. Sunday night, baby. 8.15 p.m. or 8.20 p.m., whatever. Fucking in Baltimore, I believe. Big game. Uh, This run game, man, has to get better. Has to get better. Um, Joe Mixon has to play better. He has to see the field better. He has to trust his own line better and go back to his fundamentals. I think Joe's focusing too much. It's Mixon is stuck in the slog that Joe was in in the first half of the Steelers game of trying to get the home run every play. He's trying to take it to the house each play, you can tell. So he's overextending himself and he's overdoing it and it's causing him to get fucked. And to not be able to make the best plays that he can. So, you need to see better production from Mixon. Um, and, of course, O-line continuity. You're hoping to take that next step forward uh, in the run in the run game. Um, and as the continuity has consistently gotten better with this O-line every single week, as we expected, it ultimately... Well, no, I don't want to say ultimately because it is involved in player execution, thus the O-line's actual work. But play calling is right up there. We know it. I think creativity and play calling is a specific thing. And to add to that specificity, making most plays look the same. Each Most formations need to look the same. Like you want to run a play action, make it look the same as running a fucking a fucking, you know, a a sweep. Like, you're running a jet sweep. Have a motion. Like, integrate more things that are going to trick a defense into guessing, is this a run or a pass? There's too many obvious plays. Defenses know that when we go under center, most times we're running the ball. Fortunately, we're able to generate some um, play action last night, which gave us some work. So it's a little bit better. We're incrementally getting better. I think the the play calling is getting better. It's still really predictable. And these defenses are matching it greatly because they just know how often we run these specific sets that we are going to be running those plays. Um, And it has to get better. But you hope it does. You hope it does. 
Um, because at the end of the day, this is the most talented offensive football. It's kind of obvious. We know that. So there should be not there should not be scenarios to where you completely struggle to where you completely struggle to move the ball and like have to fucking run those fucking trick plays to get the ball moving. That should not have to happen when you're the most talented offensive football. But it does. Um, some other things to help the creati- creativity of the play calling, not only to make most of the formations look the same to trick a defense, prioritize moving Jamar around move, put him in the backfield more, get him some rushes, like put him in the slot, put him in motion more, move him around, allow him to be your chess piece of the offense because the defense is going to mirror him. That's CB1 or whoever is going to follow Jamar. Trick them. Like, get creative. Do some fucking double counts. Run some double formations or double fucking um, motions. Get shit moving. Of course, you know, double motions have to be a, you know, specific type of thing because rules and stuff and penalties are in jeopardy for there. But still, get more creative. Get more fucking creative because look what happens when we're creative. We open up everything because we have players that execute at the highest level. Of course, it's time for a lot of downhill plays. Straight up. Hey, we're going to run down your throat. Hey, we're hitting the three. We're hitting the five. We're hitting the four gap. Stop us. Hey, we're running a fucking, I don't know, a flanker. Try to outmatch us. Try to out, uh, you know, be more aggressive than us and stop us at the line of scrimmage. Hey, we're running a fucking post route, whatever. But get more creative. Those are the things you want to see. Preparing for week five and moving forward in the season. So, to wrap things up, guys, um, excellent game. You beat a 3-0 team that you're better than. These Dolphins fans were completely fucking delusional. Um, Arguably the most delusional fans I've ever came across. I'm not exaggerating, guys. A lot of them just, they they thought this was going to be a walk in the park. That's weird when you think it's going to be a walk in the park. When the Bengals had the better quarterback, the better receiver, the better running back, the better O-line. I gave the tight ends to the Dolphins, but that's fucking debatable. It may be the Bengals. The Bengals have a better um, safety unit. Cornerback unit I gave to the Dolphins. That's fucking debatable. They have an all-pro and a competent number two. Guess what? We have an all-pro and a competent number two. We have better linebackers. We have better defensive linemen. We have better edge players. Like What? These Dolphins fans were completely delusional to think that they were just going to come in here and stomp all over us because Tua threw for 469 and six touchdowns in his first great game of his career that took three years to happen. They just thought that it was going to be a leisurely night. No problem. Go into Cincinnati, beat them in this time, and then go to 4-0. We showed them exactly what the fuck is up. Guys, we're one of the best teams of football. It's who we are. We had a rough start to the season, but we're fucking back. Guess what? We're fucking crushing teams, and we're not even full force yet. We have a lot, a lot of progress to make. We beat these past two teams by a combined 27 points. We were taking shit leisurely. This team has a lot of potential, guys. Super excited. Huge win. 
Now our players get this rest. We get to enjoy a Sunday, having the relief and joy, knowing that we already secured our W from last Sunday on September 24th, as of uh, September 24th, or 12.59 p.m. on September 25th. We are 0-2. Four days later, we are 2-2. Two and two. How about it? day, y'all. Appreciate you guys. I will be back for you guys on the Monday episode. Have a good weekend. Enjoy watching some awesome games. And uh, peace out.